When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Welcome, everyone, to the main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first co-host, Troy. With me, as always, is my co-host with the most, the walking wrestling encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the buff daddy to my big papa pump. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? No? Nothing for uh, for buff daddy? I just... He's a gigolo now, so I guess that's cool. <laughs> Greg, he is a male escort. Okay, come on, show show some class. God dang it! Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to, you know, not class up Buff Bagwell. Well, yeah, he's. I'm a fan of his, by the way. I just gotta make that clear. I don't want people to think I'm crapping on him. I always like Buff. Did you see that cameo he did not too long ago, where it looked like he had the crap beat out of him before he recorded it? Yep. I don't know what happened. I don't even want to throw a guess out there, but it's like I'm gonna say. I don't know. He missed. He escorted the wrong woman somewhere. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, maybe they uh, paid his weekend rate for him, and uh, the guy came home while he was, uh, you know, doing his job. I don't know. He he was 
on the job, so to speak. And yeah, it's uh, it's officially November. Most people like uh, I mean, I'm not fat, but uh, I'm I'm gaining a little weight here. Most of us fat people at heart look at this as Turkey Month and look forward to the main event of November, which is turkey and stuffing and all that good stuff and whatnot. But and Black uh, Friday. Well, yeah, Black Friday too, and uh, Cyber is it Cyber Monday? Yep. Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to all that, especially us collectors are very much looking forward to that. But us wrestling fans as well, this isn't just Turkey Month, this isn't Black Friday Month, no, 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 this is Survivor Series Month. And obviously we're going to be getting into a lot of Survivor Series and all that this month, but, you know, the WCW short-lived November tradition after they moved Starcade to December was, uh, uh, was not. What the hell is that noise? It's a freaking turkey. I played at the wrong time, but it I was don't not... want to say what I thought it was. <laughs> but the uh, WCW Thanksgiving tradition on November was World War Three. They had a war every November, but it was only they had four of them. I think ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, so four of them. Yep. And oh, Macho Man, Giant. We won't spoil this one. And Scott Hall, I think. No, I feel like you 90- did win one. Was there one nine yet? No, this is the. That's why I picked this actually, is because it's like he the, won one. Well, this was the final World War Three. For those who have never watched World War Three, it is a cluster. You know what? But I don't know. I thought they were kind of fun. I I didn't hate them. I loved it. Yeah, I liked I thought, that they had a match with one ring, a match with two rings, a match with three rings. That's that was a nice hook for WCW. Yeah. And I guess the three ring thing, that's that's the entire reason they canceled it was because of the three ring debacle, because it was rough putting together a show with three rings. You're taking away a lot of seats by not just pulling the barricades out for one ring or two rings, which NWA did a lot of two ring things. I feel uh, a lot of battle royals and just various events with two rings. But no, this one was three rings and it was nuts. They took away a lot of seats because of it, I'm I'm assuming. And they said just, uh, like, practically, they said it was just a, a bear to put together, and it never brought in good ratings. And, I mean, you got to think at this point, Survivor Series was established, uh, was 87 was the first one, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, so 87, so, I mean, by the time this came around, it was eight years old, Survivor Series, that is. And so it was the established show on November, because they had moved Starcade, so that wasn't around to compete with it anymore. So this was, I don't know, WCW always had the other show of the month. Because you got to think in March, April, uh, they had, what, Uncensored and what was the <laughs> April show? The other show, uh, Spring Stampede. Spring Stampede, okay. That <laughs> the, one did the other, okay. the other show. <laughs> well, and during the era of this, w, era, WrestleMania was usually like a week or two after Uncensored. So Uncensored was more close to the quote-unquote competing show with WrestleMania, I believe. Either that or WrestleMania would fall dead between Uncensored and Spring Stampede. So, and those were the other shows. I well, I think Survivor, or, uh, excuse me, SummerSlam had a had some decent competition with Fall Brawl. I think that would be that was August. Yeah, uh, it'd be a myriad of things, but it would be Hog Wild, New Blood Rising. Oh, that's right. I forgot, Fall Brawl was uh, September. Well, yeah, we also forget that. Yeah, so, okay, so that was the definition of, quote, the other show. 
you know, it's like, ah, they're doing that show with the motorcycle people in Sturgis. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were. They never had a good one ever. I dare anybody to find it, you know, to prove me wrong. Because I'm so glad won't. they replaced it in 2000 with New Blood Rising. And brought some oh life, yeah, and brought some uh, life to the August pay per view. Right. Yeah, they made it must see pay per view. But and then uh, Royal Rumble. I guess Royal Rumble was the only one because wasn't that Super Brawl month? No, sold out. Sold out was January. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, there. I, Super Brawl, Super Bowl. That's what they did it for. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But all right, so I'm continuing to make my point here. You know, <laughs> this was just the other one. Even though we just said we liked World War Three, it it wasn't well, Survivor like Series. Yeah, it, and I don't think they ever had <laughs> one that was like a great pay per view either. And we'll get into that with this one, whether we liked it, didn't like it, uh, or you know something. I'm almost, I'm almost certain that, with the exception of the first one, with Macho Man winning the world title there in the in the match itself, mm-hmm. I'm almost certain they never had a world title match on this pay per view. Uh, most likely, yeah. I, I mean, this one, I mean, the world champion is there. He makes various appearances, but he's not wrestling, which just kind of like, why you're paying him to show up and do things. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about all that. But I think it's time for uh, our favorite segment of the show. You ready to get into the news and notes of the time? Oh, God. Screw Dave Meltzer. But yeah, go. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to get into the, all the news and notes right after the turkey here. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. All right, we're back uh, with the news and notes of the time. Remember, we are in uh, November of 1998. It was a big time in wrestling. WCW was not yet circling the drain at this point. They were still very much alive. But if you were backstage in WCW, according to everybody that was there, the writing was on the wall. Like, uh, the, you know, the ship could write itself, but it would take an act of God, and uh, they didn't have any godlike people in WCW. So. Well, I, I did hear quite a few times Bischoff say in August of 98, when they were really hot, he knew the beginning of the end was coming. Yeah, he said he, he wanted to leave, and he said, looking back, he wished he would have left in September of 98. Because that's when like the merger had happened between Time Warner and uh, uh, Turner and all that. And they were starting to poke their nose into business and tell him how to run his company that had been successful for, you know, as long as he had taken it over. And in his words, in his words, guys, I've never even turned an episode of Nitro on the TV. So they had no idea what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, he said he was like, Like he said they couldn't even tell Nitro from an old Law and Order rerun. So, wow. (laughs) He said uh, he was like looking back. I mean, it was a smart ass thing to say. And it was a bad business move in a meeting to embarrass you know higher up but at the same time he said i'd ask uh you know people telling me how to run i was like can you tell me what night of the week nitro is on and he said they just looked at him with a blank stare like uh so he said they didn't even know what night of the week the show came on but they wanted to tell him how to run the thing (sighs) bottom line that's all these are about 
Yep. And my well, last and job, it, I was working for people who had no idea what the hell coffee was, and they were telling me what to do. Like, just shut up and let me work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it also came down to they really didn't, according to again Bischoff and Shivani and everybody else, they didn't. Time Warner came on. Not only did uh, the Turner people not want wrestling ever, but they kind of got over it when they were turning a profit and pulling in monster ratings. But Time Warner was just looking for a reason to cancel them, even as a good show. So they they were just waiting and biding their time, and sure enough, so they want uh, money, but they want it in their way. Yeah, doesn't that sound like uh, nah, stupid? It, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I mean, talking, if someone's gonna give me money, I don't care if I think the show is crap. I'll take it. Right. Yeah. I hate the uh, you know the Kardashian show, but it's like if they if they were on my network and I was seeing monster ratings and pulling in great money, I'd be like, you know what? Be trashy. I don't care. Uh, trash it up. But speaking of uh, some something else that had uh, you know was had died wasn't dying but actually died at this point. Uh, unfortunately, we have to get into one death around this time. Uh, not I wouldn't say she's a mainstream name, but the last name you'll recognize. The first story I got: Christine Jarrett, mother of Jerry Jarrett and grandmother of Jeff Jarrett, passed away after complications from a heart attack a few weeks before this show. Jarrett worked in the business since the 1940s as a ticket seller and later promoting wrestling shows in the Nashville area. I think she was one of the first female wrestling promoters in the country that actually had a promotion. So it was sad, but it, uh, it you know just shows that Jeff comes from a line of uh, promoters. He's not the first or even the second. So third generation promoter. But anyway, uh, moving on. From, it is. It really is. Uh, something else. Came out. I didn't realize the timeline, but it makes sense. Wrestling with Shadows had its big premiere in Canada and was sold out with over 1,200 people showing up to see it. I didn't realize it dropped at this time in history, but like I said, it makes sense. In theaters? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they showed it at a theater. In I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know it was in theaters. That's Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I had watched it, and I watched it on television. So... I was like, I know for a fact I didn't go to a theater to watch it. Me and my dad would watch it on TV. I was like, hey, is this about Bret Hart? I was like, yeah. So we sat and we watched it. Also, uh, around this time, the uh, another person involved with Wrestling with Shadows, Shawn Michaels was told last week that his career is over by a back specialist. Michaels reportedly wants to return to wrestling in a limited role and is looking for second and third opinions. In the meantime, WWF brought him back to TV this week as the new heel commissioner. WWF wanted to bring him back and have him feud with Triple H and DX, but now it looks like that won't be possible. So they're trying to get some return on investment <laughs> since, they're pay- since they're paying him $750,000 a year. He'd be it, kept uh, it did happen, though. Uh, it did, but after his this contract expired, uh, he'd be kept off TV until... Uh, recently for a number of reasons, mostly his behavior and now or and how it affects the locker room morale. Apparently at this time he was still kind of a dick. Or excuse me, he was a he was a Richard. Well he had yet to go with Jesus. <laughs> he he had yet to take the advice of Dog the Bounty Hunter and <laughs> uh, light up a smoke and, and uh talk about Jesus. But yeah, in all seriousness, yeah, he was uh he still had a lot of problems here. Everybody and their mothers talked about it. Not really anything we can add, but other than kind of the timeline issues here, like uh, this was 98, he would return uh, less than two years after this to a full-time capacity. 
We actually just talked about that last week on the podcast, actually, if everybody goes back and listens to uh, the Monday Night Raw from October 28th, 2002, that we covered. He's he's not wrestling on the show, but he's setting up stuff for the Elimination Chamber after he had already had his match at SummerSlam with Triple H. Dang, man, that, that still to this day was one of my favorite SummerSlam matches of all time. It's probably my second favorite right behind Cena and Styles. No, yeah, oh, yeah, that little match. <laughs> who, I'm a who little biased having one? having been there, but yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's up there, and that's up there in my favorites, along with uh, Cena and uh, Rollins from 2015. So, lots of no, lots of no biases people. there either. So cool. Yeah, yeah, dude. Not like we were there. Uh, all right. Uh, viewers dropped out of Raw in droves this past week because of the angle where The Undertaker attempted to stab and embalm Steve Austin in a funeral home. Dude, I was all over that one. <laughs> I I mean, I'm I'm a bit of an Undertaker mark, as uh, people may know by now. So, I mean, I don't want to say I was quote-unquote cool with it, but I, mean, I was a kid and I was like, oh my god, he's going to kill Steve Austin. And I was like, I was into that. Because I, like, the whole time I, I was, was like... into that. Well, I was oh, like, Troy comes out of the like, closet as a sick freaking freak here, folks. There you no, go. No, I was actually the opposite because I was like, well, he's not going to kill him. Like, what? Like, how are they going to get out of this? Like, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, like, Kane bursts through the through the door like the Kool Aid Man and stops it all. <laughs> and he was big and red too. So there you go. It all comes full circle, Greg. Maybe. Thank God, because there was a loose end there that I wanted filled or tied. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm shocked that this, like that angle, made enough people go gasp and they clutched their pearls and all tuned tuned out of the show. It doesn't say they tuned in a nitro, by the way. It just says they shut Raw off. It's like, look, this is bad, but not bad enough for me to watch nitro. All right, like I'll just turn it off. Nothing's that bad. <laughs> and nitro is still decent at this point. Speaking of uh, bad enough to make you tune out, no word yet on the future of Public Enemy. Uh, they. Were... Uh, I'm gonna, Nothing. I'm gonna just be. I'm going to not say a word because I don't want to disrespect the dead. I'm going to just... We're not talking about the men themselves. <laughs> I, yeah, well, in that case, I had no... I had no want to see them ever wrestle yeah. ever anywhere. Sorry. I just... <laughs> I don't remember a single match they had. All I remember is they, they walked to the ring with tables, waving their arms and going, nah, 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 nah. And that was the best part of the match, usually. Yeah, and then that damn bell had to ring. <laughs> Uh, they were re- released a few weeks ago by WCW, and there's been rumors of them coming back to ECW to feud with the Dudleys. Oh, joy. They oh, did make a pit stop in WWE, but that might have been in conjunction with ECW, so it might all have been one thing. Yeah. Well, Paul Heyman said that he'd be open to bringing them in for a short program, but isn't interested in using them for a uh, long term. Don't know why. Figured that'd be right up Paulie's alley to bring those two back, but... He claimed they were part of the greatest moment in ECW history. Good God. Where they had that garbage. Did we review? I think we reviewed that show. I can't remember. Or no. I heard garbage and then it all like, yeah, that makes sense. ECW. I know you and I watched it at one point. I don't I don't think we reviewed it, but it was uh, one of the, I think it was their first pay-per-view or major show or whatever, where at the end of it, they had a garbage match and then invited everybody in the crowd into the ring to wave their arms. Yay. That was the Philadelphia house party? Uh, yeah, no, it was something else. I, I can't remember the, what it was called now. But They must have done this a couple of times because they did it at that show called Philadelphia House Party. Uh, okay. Why do I know that? I don't know. This one was... I try to fancy myself somewhat a wrestling historian, so I'm going to use that as my out. 
we said we, we said at the opening of the show you're the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia. So there you go. Usually you're not the one for ECW facts, but you've thrown a few out. Well, you know, like, you got the huh. network, and you get bored, and you know stuff. You know, you see stuff. I see stuff. I see things. I see stuff. I, I, I see nothing, right? I didn't see nothing. Don't ask me about it. I didn't see nothing. That's supposed to be my gimmick. God dang it, pal! Gimmick infringement. Tell your mother. Send my love. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Say hi to your mother for me. All right. The uh, word is going around that Hulk Hogan may be leaving WCW soon, either by quitting or retiring. The rumor is that Hogan would announce this on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. <laughs> well, he uh, I totally he forgot something. what this turned into. <laughs> yeah. Those of you that don't know why we're laughing, he announced he was running for president in 1998, by the way. So this was like, they didn't have an election until uh, 2000. So he was announced uh, the, like the 2000 debacle, man. He would have been better in that. But he, he would have outright won Florida with that with, you know, with him being on ticket. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. What you're going to do, America, when these 24 inch pythons run wild on you? Check those chats, brother. Well, we know that the Secretary of Defense would have been horse, right? Hell yeah! And, and head of security is Vincent. Well, yeah, it just well, that's well, yeah, Vin, yeah, Vincent would have been the head of the uh, the Secret Service. Horse stop. would have been. Hold on, stop. Just what? Who who's going to be the vice president? Just just say it, please. Just say it. Say it. Well, well, I, I'm going to say his 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 God given his. his uh, birth certificate name that uh you know his christian name it was brutus the f and barber <laughs> even though on this show he is the disciple <laughs> yeah so oh my god I one just, of his I five thousand i knew we were on the same wavelength same wave same wavelength there i knew it <laughs> well yeah he would have been and can you imagine that whole debacle going down with uh the sex tape and all that while he was the president like listen brother Hey, yeah, Bill Clinton was leaving office. I mean, it only it's only fitting. You yeah, make right. jokes. Little do you know, it goes right in with the current timeline. It was in the Lincoln bedroom, brother. <laughs> uh, we would have been talking about the size. WTF. Of, <laughs> we'd have been talking about the size of the president's thermos. All right. Oh, good God. Biggest thermos of all time. I've seen it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. Huge. Hey, you know, would, it's funny. you know, it's funny. He would have supported Hulk in that run, too. I think he loves Hulk Hogan. Probably. Big wrestling well, fan. Pro probably would have financially backed him the whole way. Well, yeah, if, if everybody goes back to, was it WrestleMania 4? Good God, I was just thinking about that promo. Yes. We're no, talking was, about, thank, yeah, four, thank yeah. God Donald Trump is a Hulkamaniac, brother. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that someday. This, by the way, we're recording this way early because of things, but as of the release of this podcast, Election Day was yesterday, so... And uh, there's riots in the street, no matter who won, uh, we still don't know who officially won, and all that good stuff. Did I get yeah, all that and, right? And if any of you are have not drank yourself into a coma long enough to listen, and I'm not talking about whoever won, whoever won, if you're still sober enough to listen and enjoy this podcast, thank God. Uh, it appears that WCW is going to let the Warrior ride his contract out by sitting at home and collecting a paycheck. Oh, no. Damn. Yeah. Also, I... uh, not to get ahead, but going into – I remember when I was watching this with my with my friends. Um, going into this, I really thought the Warrior was going to be in it and win it. And then we were going to yeah. get him with Goldberg. I really thought that. I wish. However, we are, we are not going to get – 
Goldberg versus, or we did not get Goldberg versus the Warrior in WCW, but if you listen in on Mondays to the main event, Figure Federation, on my show, Jacked, that is a very real possibility. I have both Goldberg and the Ultimate Warrior on my roster. Cheap plug. So if you are not already listening on Mondays, Main Event Figure Federation, Greg has overdrived. I have jacked. I just want to say my up. current United States champion can kick either one of their asses. But anyways, I digress. Nobody can kick their ass. Nobody. But we'll see. Um, all right. Anyway, the next... Uh, uh, some more WCW just... Uh, ridiculousness here. Uh, Randy Savage is expected to return to WCW soon with a new look and a new valet, which is his current real-life 22-year-old girlfriend who is said to be a Pamela Anderson lookalike. Uh, wow, I'll be damned. They got that one right. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, you got a blind squirrel, right? <laughs> the giant is said to be as good as gone from WCW. The company offered him a huge deal to re-sign, and he turned it down and WCW as all but given up on it, keeping him and are just jobbing him out until he goes. Yeah, because oh, didn't he... I wonder he... what's going to happen with him. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he literally pop up, uh, well, in February of 99 in WWE? Yep, in that cage match. Yeah, and he started, well, I guess if you continue on from WCW, he continued on his track of being the world's stupidest wrestler. Because he was like, I'm here to help Vince McMahon. By the way, I'm going to throw Austin out of the cage and help him win. <laughs> he was a complete moron. And it continued on into WrestleMania, where he did his first flip-flop from heel to face. And he purposely got himself disqualified so that mankind could referee the main event. You remember that? I do. He was an idiot. And Vince I, thought McMahon that was, I thought that was in keeping with the story, though. I, well, the thing was... I like, mean, the cage match was stupid, but that... That going into it, it was a keep with the story. I'll give I gotta give him that. Sort of, but it was like at the same time he was like he was supposed to stop mankind from being able to ref the main event. So what does he do? Purposely gets disqualified so mankind can ref the main event. And yeah, because McMahon going was, into that he was starting to break away from the corporation. Him and Rock were even fighting and stuff. Yeah. Well, so it I, all it, makes actual sense. Yeah, it's still just like I don't know. It still makes him look stupid to me. And Vince McMahon rightfully slapped him in the face. <laughs> Stupid, stupid, stupid. Good lord. All right, last story here. Meanwhile, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit have steadfastly refused... Oh, wait, you won't say that name. Ah, uh, it's fine. Uh, we They have steadfastly refused to sign new deals with WCW, even with huge raises. Okay, Jericho, Jericho and Benoit. Benoit wouldn't wow, leave until would've... 2000, right? Right after the, the pay-per-view. Jericho in August... Yeah. So they're refusing so, to sign deals here, and I'm going to say this news is in October. Yeah. So both of them, so, uh, almost a year, and one well over a year. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I think... Crazy to me. I want to say Benoit did re-up, because they said they that WCW let him out of his contract to go to WWE. Do you remember that, them saying that? Because I remember that. I just thought he it was up, and he walked out and gave him the finger, like Luger did. No, they said they let him out of his contract because of the whole Mike Graham thing. If nobody remember, if nobody's heard the story, uh, Mike Graham told Benoit backstage. He said uh, something. I'm paraphrasing, but it's I, I, like we already this. know. Okay, he couldn't draw a dime. We know. Okay, good lord. He told Chris Benoit. He said, "If you had done with my wife like you did to Sullivan and his wife, I'd have your head on a pike." And Benoit was wanting to leave anyway, so he went to management. Was like Mike Graham basically threatened me and. 
So to keep the peace, they were like, well, we'll uh, you know, because they were afraid he was going to sue. So they told him they were like, well, if you want out of your contract, we'll, we'll let you out free and clear. No, no strings attached. <laughs> and he's like, OK. And he's like, and I wanted to. And, and I guess not only he complained, but all of the radicals complained. So they were all let out of their contracts. Because so, they all yeah. saw the greener pasture. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, not that it worked out swimmingly for uh, old Perry Saturn there, but... <laughs> look, I'm not trying to be a dick, or I'm sorry, a Richard, um, but um, <laughs> look, he was the least of the four, okay? I'm sorry. I gotta say. Well, yeah. Yeah, so to me, yeah. them getting, uh, WB getting Benoit was the story. No disrespect to Eddie. Eddie actually ended up being my favorite one, actually, but at the time, it's like, no disrespect to Eddie and Dean and Perry, but Benoit going there was the story because he was the world champion. Yeah. Well, supposedly Benoit was the one they were looking at. Well, actually, naturally. I, well, yeah. Well, if you if you listen to uh, Pritchard, he I I believe Bruce Pritchard said he th- he saw the most upside in Saturn. I really? Don't know why? Yeah, I don't know why. I would have said Eddie first, but he said Eddie was. The I mean, besides one. Benoit. Yeah, he said he said in his eyes it went like Saturn, Guerrero, Benoit, Malenko. He said they didn't really see anything in Malenko. Other, they were like, oh, good hand. Well. I mean, from a WWE standpoint, they're all about entertainment, so I get it. He's not the most entertaining guy outside of the ring, but I don't know. And you can tell by the way they used him that they didn't really see much in him. But, uh, yeah, so he said he actually compared Eddie. He said he was the Mexican Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I can see that. But, all right, well, that about does it for the news and notes. Uh, we're going to take uh, another There's no break. note in there whatsoever about Nash becoming Booker. Uh, there were a couple stories about it and, you know, snide remarks and, that we'll get into at the end of the show. I was going to say, this is riddled in that. I mean, yeah, I believe this is the first pay-per-view, I believe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And uh, my, what a, way, what a way to start being Booker by Dusty Rosing yourself. It's <laughs> <laughs> a oh. quote Brian Myers, man. You strapped yourself up. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we... Uh, We'll get into all that when we come back from this next break right here. Uh, we'll talk about World War III, 1998. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture Glass Prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Now, back to our program. All right, it's WCW NWO World War III, 1998. It took place November 22nd, 1998, just the week of uh, Thanksgiving, actually. The tagline was 60 men, three rings, one survivor. The venue was the Palace at Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills, Michigan. God dang it, why do I keep picking Michigan shows? No, dude, they were just always, like, consistently there, like, always. Yeah, but we had a Raw thrown in last week, and that was in Michigan. Okay, that was just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. But WCW so ones, you, you almost are going to have no choice. The last two shows, we the last two, uh, not counting the Bound for Glory uh, uh, 
bonus show we did. But the other two, the last two uh, weekly podcasts we've done have been in the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. This one is in Auburn Hills, Michigan. I didn't. I look believe. Ahead. I believe this arena is no more. By the way. Uh yeah, I I wouldn't doubt that. But this was actually the home of uh, well, not Auburn Hills, but Michigan was the home of yeah, go big blue fish off. Uh, well, you can eat ass for that one. By the way, how'd they do this past weekend? They won. Did they? Yeah. yeah. I didn't pay attention to their game. I just know me and uh, friend, a friend of the show were uh, rooting against them. But either way, uh, this was uh, the home of Eric Bischoff and or home state of Eric Bischoff and uh, somebody else we'll talk about here in a bit. But all right, the attendance was 17,670 and the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.75. Which that is a is, respectable size for the house, by the way, for this pay per view. I know, and you got to think they're taking they're taking seats away, extra seats, to make up for the three rings. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's a that's a good mid size venue number. But the pay per view buy rate was point seventy five, which translated to two hundred fifty thousand buys, which eh, is not very good. I mean, it's it's not abysmal. It's not like oh my gosh, we lost our ass on this one. But it was not not great. You can kind of see why they. Never had another one of these. Not that what they were. What did they replace it with the next year? I forget. <clears throat> well, the next year would be Mayhem. Oh, the next yeah, two okay. years would be Mayhem, I believe. No. I don't know if that one was any better, but considering it was 99 and 2000, I can safely assume they sucked. But mm, well, right. Bret Hart won the world title there. That was a pretty historic moment. But Well, yeah, and Bret Hart was on this card in the main event. So, And I kept. I had to keep reminding myself wait, this match is not for the world title. Yeah, like I kept having because I was like, "Well, it's DDP, it's Bret Hart," and I on my notes I put for the WCW World Heavyweight Title, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, no, wait, no for the US Title." Like, I, I mean, cool. It kept it seeming important, so I, you know, kudos to them. I said almost none of this, or I'm sorry, these were these were notes from the Observer, and you you were watching consistently at this point, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Watch well, this one live. Maybe you could clarify that if this was true, is that <clears> almost none, almost none of this card was in place up until the week of the show. But they finally managed to advertise some matches on the Saturday night show the day before. Two matches that were advertised technically never happened. We'll get to those. And Scott Norton versus Booker T was advertised, but just dropped with no word on why. Not that I'm crying about not seeing Scott Norton versus Booker T, but I mean, I want to say I remember all that. But I also say, I want to say it was like one of those things where like you knew what the matches were going to be. Kind of like what TNA used to do in their heyday. Like you knew what the matches were going to be, but they didn't really say it. Yeah. That was one of those. Ah, okay. Yeah, this was... I mean, because also, let's be, let's be realistic. We had 60 guys in three rings. That's like probably a good third of the show. I didn't, I didn't time it, but I can assume it was yeah. a good third of the show. So they didn't have much yeah. to fill in. And pretty right. much everybody else was gonna be du- was going to be doing double duty. So, you know. Yeah, this was uh, it, it was what it was. I was, I I don't know the the matches they filled in with were whatever. It was a two match card. Let's be honest. It was the main event and yes, the World War Three Battle Royal. That was that was literally it. Past that, I don't think anybody knew or so cared this- what was going on. To this day, I still laugh. The battle royal wasn't the last match, but I know. I'm like, hey, what? Uh, but I also said uh, about this here: the opening package is definitely the most '90s thing I've ever seen. Yes, had that, had dude, that that's my note. Techno. Literally, I'm like, man, I'm like, wow, this is my childhood all wrapped up in one, which was the '90s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was like the the '90s, like 
uh, like the club scenes in Blade, that kind of music they're playing, you know, so stuff like that. Goldberg pulls up in a limo and walks to the arena to start the show. He does not have a match. Just gotta pound that home. He does not have a match. He showed up in a limo, which I also thought was very un-Goldberg. Why would the world champion have a match on a pay-per-view? Oh, I know, right? Another thing that kept pounding home was that Hulk Hogan is not here tonight. Hollywood Hogan is not here. I I feel like they said that every single match, by the way. Like, even more than Goldberg being there. (laughs) Right. They were like, well, we thought for sure he'd be here to put himself in the World War III match and, and get that title shot at Starcade. But, alas, he is not here. Also, we start off with Mean Gene Okerlund on the stage, plugging the WCW hotline. What an exciting way to start a pay-per-view, people. Did you catch that? I did. Just, I just, I'm like, you're starting this pay-per-view off hot. Pyro, blah, blah, blah. And they do their typical WCW thing of having the announcers talk for like five minutes, which just, I don't know. I always hated that. WWE, they, when they had their announcers talk, it was like maybe a hot minute. WCW would have their, their guys go on running down the whole card and talking for like five freaking minutes. By that time, I'm bored to tears before the first match even kicks off. But I don't want to get ahead of myself, because the first match here is Glacier versus Wrath. Mm. This went on for eight minutes, 22 seconds. Glacier stopped bleaching his hair at this point, and he's wearing a singlet. So, I, uh, yeah, this was, I also, uh, this was clearly I just, peak Glacier. I gotta point out, though, <laughs> even... Even how bad it was, his entrance is still badass. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always get hyped for the entrance, and then that damn bell. But <laughs> Mike Tanay mentions that Wrath will be on the Mortal Kombat TV show, which I forgot was a thing, and it is, and he is being considered for various movie roles. Y- yay. Hey. Uh, Wrath wins with a meltdown. That's literally all I have. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, wow. D- Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I gave it two. Because it was below average, but it didn't suck. Let's say you. I also gave it two. I was just like, it was not the worst piece of crap ever. I was, I was entertained. I mean, I just love Mike Tanay spouting out, you know, talking about, oh, Wrath is going to be a big movie star. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. And the and we talk. I think we used that the most nineties thing I've ever seen line a little too soon. When we're <laughs> talking about the Mortal Kombat TV show. Yeah. Right. Um. I did think it was interesting, though. I believe going into this, Glacier was playing the heel, so. Was he? Yeah, I think he was the heel in this one. I know they were doing the, what, they were basically doing the, what Baron Corbin ended up doing, sort of. I mean, not the exact same thing, but if anybody remembers Baron Corbin in NXT, when he, the first, uh, I don't know, better part of a year that he was there, they, they I mean, obviously with Wrath, they didn't do the countdown, but it was. Uh, no, Wrath was the meltdown. Gosh. Uh, well, they they because the crowd would usually count like start counting in Baron Corbin's matches because they were always really short. He'd nail the end of days <laughs> yeah. and then leave. Well, with Wrath, they didn't do that, thank God. But around this time, he just kind of came in, destroyed people. He would, and they kept putting over how the meltdown was it. He nails meltdown, which was a pump handle slam, and he's you know he moves on. All right, but anyway, we get a highlight video of Bret Hart doing heelish things and beating up people's legs while wearing a Hulk Hogan shirt. Because apparently now him and Hulk Hogan are, are BFFFs. Just, just wow. Made it kind every... of creepy with all the Fs, by the way. <laughs> Get the F out. All of, just like, Bret Hart's WCW run was so effing weird. Because if you're going to, if there's one group I would not team up Bret Hart with, it's the group led by Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And, and I know Kevin Nash wasn't in the group at this point. But why? These are all the people Hart hates. So, naturally, and in real life, by the way, he shoot dislikes them. So let's 
team him up. Yeah. Whatever. And he's it's wearing called a Irony. T-shirt. Yeah, and he's wearing a Hogan t-shirt. He's not even just like in the group. He's wearing a Hulk Hogan shirt. Not even just like an NWO shirt. No, Hulk Hogan's mm-hmm. special shirt for himself. Well, they made sure to they turn into a thing though with Piper. He goes, "You say you're in the NWO, but you never even wore an NWO shirt." And so that <laughs> kind of turned into a thing. Yeah. So so he's not in the NWO. He just really likes Hulk Hogan, even though he doesn't really like Hulk Hogan. I'm confused. Job right. well done then. Yeah. <laughs> up next, man. If you want to bring the, if you really want to bring the house up at this point, we've got Stevie F and Ray with Vincent in his corner. He's taking <sighs> he's taking on Conan. This match went just shy of seven minutes. Six minutes too long. I said, how did Stevie Six Ray... Six minutes, 59 seconds too long. <laughs> I said, how did Stevie Ray get to come out to the main NWO Rock House theme and not the B-team theme? Because like, he's Stevie Ray. Ray. Yeah, he's, well on his le- he's well on his way to leading the black and white, you know. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah, the team with him and Vincent and, and Horace and Brian Adams? That was the real NWO. Yeah. Like, in one year, they tried, like, God bless him, they tried to make him mean something. Uh, he didn't, but they tried, because he was in war games this year for them. Wasn't he? Or, this was the year, uh, correct? This, yeah, this year. Yeah, he was in war games for the NWO, and now he's getting to come out to the Rock House theme. He he matters, damn it. Yeah? I'm trying to figure out why you're saying that sarcastically. Because it's Stevie F. and Ray, he's the other guy in the Harlem Heat. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that's not the multi-time world champion. And, well, I can't say he's not a Hall of Famer anymore because he's finally a Hall of Famer. But <sighs> he got into the Hall of Fame for talking to the camera on his way to the ring. He got in the Hall of Fame for being Booker's brother. and That's it. Being in that team. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I did say that the crowd absolutely blows their, their stack for Conan. Did you notice that? Hell yeah. I was like, damn, he's over. Like, not quite as over as when he was in Mexico, but over. The match ends with Conan... It's almost like he came out of a box or something. A, well, I can't say a Mexican box, because I think he's Cuban. Uh, I ain't touching that. I think he's Cuban. I don't know. But anyway, the match ends with Conan hitting mounted punches on Stevie Ray and shoving the ref away to get disqualified. This sucked. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it negative half a star. Or no, I'm sorry, he, he gave it negative one and a half stars. Uh, yeah. I gave it Whereas I gave it the polar opposite. I gave it one and a half stars because it was well below average, but uh, I didn't think it was a dud. Let's say you. Solid star. <laughs> it sucked. It was not good. Oh, well, you know, Vincent, though. Yeah, he made it. He made this, I mean, this match. That saved he, it for me. He almost made it matter, but it didn't. Booker T then comes out. Rumor to has out. it they went to the Olive Garden after this. Yeah, spent some F money on some meat sauce. Meat sauce! Uh, Booker T comes out to check on Stevie Ray, and Stevie shoves him, saying that the NWO are his brothers now, and he doesn't need Booker T anymore. Yeah. That, uh, so there's only one other brother in the NWO. And he accompanied him to ringside. <laughs> well, I don't know. Hulk Hogan is the brother. The brother brother. Oh, yeah. Well, you did. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, he, he said brother more than anybody in this match, so I don't know. Anyway, I maybe I shouldn't touch that. I'm I'm moving on quickly. Uh, up next, we got... Hold er- for editing? Okay. <laughs> up next, we got Ernest the Cat Miller and Sunny Ono <sighs> taking, taking on Kaz Hayashi and Saturn. I love that sigh to start this off. This went eight minutes, four seconds. 
Uh, I said, at one point, Ono starts kicking Hayashi, and Hayashi's no-selling it, so Ono offers him some money. Hayashi hits him, <laughs> and the money goes flying. This was Before we even start, I gotta say, man, Sonny Ono's a very underappreciated heel. <laughs> yeah, I actually liked him. Like, I forgot how stupid he was and how great it worked. <laughs> as a kid, I didn't give a crap about him, but as an adult, I've got a newfound appreciation for Sonny Ono. I think he's he's uh he does some good work, man. But yeah, at this point he like was he he was always a heel, but he like I don't know what the deal was. They didn't ex- fully explain it with him and Hayashi. What did he offer to manage Hayashi and Hayashi told him no? I think he did manage him for a minute and then they broke up. He turned or... on him. Turned Look, on this was the cat. period where if someone was Japanese, he was managing them. You know, that's just no joke. That's not racist at all. I, that's what they did. I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I think that's why he sued them. <laughs> and won, by the way. I just got to point that out. He sued WCW and won a chunk of money, along with uh, some other minorities. <clears throat> but anyway, back to back to this. Uh, don't want to get too far off the beaten path with uh, with this match. I oh. Actually, oh, oh, sorry. I feel like this was a joke that went on way too long. Uh, but the, but the cat. Way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Cat, Hayashi, and Saturn were good enough to save this from being absolutely abysmal, I think. In the end, Saturn tries to DDT Ono, but Cat comes in and kicks Saturn in the face, and Ono pins him for the win. They were advertising that Ono was, like, undefeated in singles matches, like 3-0 and at this point. So, Uncle Dave, the, Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I gave this one and a half stars, because I thought it was somewhat entertaining. What say you? One star. I did yeah. laugh quite a few times, but I'll say that. Yeah. The other time, if anybody wants a good Sonny Ono moment, go back in the archives for August when we covered Road Wild 1999, the very last one. And uh, he he looks like a complete idiot the way he dressed up. And at the end of the match with with, uh, Miller, it was Miller versus uh, Buff Bagwell. And at the end, Ono does the Bagwell strut and pose, and it's the funniest freaking thing I've ever seen. That match absolutely was garbage, and that, so was that whole pay-per-view. But that moment alone popped me pretty pretty hard. All right, this next match, getting set up for this. There's a lot of storyline stuff on the show. Just This was more storyline than anything in this event. As Juventude Guerrera is coming out for the next match, Mean Gene Okerlund chases him down. He stops him to see what he's wearing, and he's wearing an LWO shirt. So Mean Gene <laughs> says that he's sold out. And Eddie Guerrero runs out, and he says that Hoovy has seen the light. And only by sticking together, the LWO can stop Eric Bischoff from oppressing them. Uh, that apparently that's the whole thing of the LWO is they were being oppressed, and that lawsuit I talked about earlier might uh, hold some weight. Anyway, uh, an angry Rey Mysterio then comes out and he asks Eddie if this is all of why, or if this is why he didn't get his cruiserweight title shot. Eddie says that it's the opportunity. Of, God dang it, LWO or Eddie says that it's in the LWO's best interest that Hoovy is the Cruiserweight champion. And then Eddie says that he's going to take Mysterio to the back and explain this to him, but Ray says that he's going to go do something about this, and he storms off. I mean, he did do something about it, but not in the backstage area. But uh, foreshadowing, pal. This match, we've got Juventud Guerrera versus, uh, defending the Cruiserweight title against Billy Kidman in 15 and a half minutes. And uh, I just got to say, holy crap, I actually woke up and a wrestling match was happening. Right. I couldn't believe it. I was going to use one of your favorite lines of, and then a wrestling match breaks out. <laughs> yep. Oh, this is a surprise because isn't Hoobentude the best wrestler in the world at this point right now? 
Uh, we're building up to it. 1999, he was the, the greatest wrestler in the entire world, on the whole planet. So, according to one Uncle Dave Meltzer. I he drove guys, that peso truck to San Jose, backed it up into his front yard, and emptied it. <laughs> yeah, that, that check actually cleared. And uh, Billy and Billy Kidman, man, he was, uh, you know, he, he was about to get that that hot feud against Hollywood Hogan here before long, because that's what the internet wanted, Greg. Yeah, I was dying for it. Right. Well, these guys do a lot of cool moves, including multiple ring it, involving multiple rings and springboards and stuff. I love that cruiserweights always utilize the three rings. Hoovy goes for a top rope Frankensteiner, but Rey Mysterio runs down. And he holds Kidman's shorts to keep him on the top rope. This makes uh, Hoovy crash and burn to the mat. Kidman then hits the shooting star press for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and three-fourth stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I I gave it three. I was almost on the border between that and four. It was solid. It was solid. I, I loved it. Easily the match of the night, by the way. Yeah, this was really good. This was when the cruiserweights were, you know, actually, like, deep in storyline. Yeah, and going back to that thing, the being a press part real quick. You know, if memory serves me correctly, almost all the cruiserweights, like, vast majority of them were all Mexican. They were always in prime spots, either opening or, like, right in the middle. And they were always, like, heavily featured. So what the hell do they mean oppressed? Uh, they, They were talking about that uh, Bischoff wasn't giving them pay raises like they should have been. They weren't getting paid like they should be for their uh, for their spot on the card and and for the work they put in. Well, I mean, I gotta point out, you know, um, someone had I think it was Ryback one time. God, I don't know how to pull his name out of my ass, but uh, <laughs> he said that every single wrestler on the card, no matter what they do, should be getting paid the same. And then I believe oh, Eric, I believe Eric Bischoff said, "So you're telling me that if like you go to like say a Tom Cruise movie." The casting extra that's serving him a drink in the bar should be getting the exact same salary Tom Cruise is getting. It's like, right. Yeah, because there are certain people, like, do on the movie reference thing, like, if you're going to go down that path, there are certain movies I tuned in, or I, I never would have watched, but I see who, who the star of the movie is, and I'm like, I'll give it a shot. Like, I still haven't, uh, I mean, there were certain movies that The Rock was in, like, uh, like Rampage. I probably would have watched it, but I really wanted to watch it because The Rock was in it. Oh, so, and Negan. No, yeah, that uh, that accent he did in that movie was was something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there's stuff I've tuned in. I, I've I've uh, turned it on and watched because David Tennant was in it. I'm a big David Tennant fan, so I, I know that's a weird one, but anyway. But I, just, I don't think the, I'm ever going to watch a pay per view for Cruiserweights. I'm sorry. No, there's not one single person that tuned in because they saw that Hoovy versus Kidman was on the card. Not one. Well, also, we just established before we even started that we didn't know what the card was going into it. So, well, even if we did, <laughs> nobody would have tuned into this for that. Like I, I don't know. But the LW. Oh, are you watching? After- you're watching World War Three? Okay, I gotta go do something. Let me know when the Hoovy and T Guerrero match is on. <laughs> well, he is the best ma- wrestler on the planet, Greg. Uh, the LWO hits the ring and goes off on Rey Mysterio. Eddie tells Rey that he's either in or he's out. Mysterio takes off his LWO shirt and throws it at Eddie's face. Eddie comically yells, get him! <laughs> to the LWO. <laughs> and they chase Rey to the back like it's a cartoon. Because, you know, you always think like 47 guys that beat up little Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're all little in their own right, too. Well, you know, if I was going to build an army, Greg, I would start with El Dandy. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, that's just the one that the stuck most out. most random me. one. Yeah, it's the one that stuck out to me. I was like, <laughs> hell, dandy. But we see footage from Nitro. I remember when I was a kid, by the way, uh, this is so horrible, but like, 
they had a thing in WCW Magazine, and they voted him ugliest wrestler on the planet. Holy crap. There's no joke, they did. How dare they? He's El Dandy. <laughs> that's that's like saying El Porky isn't sexy. How dare they? Why'd I bring that up? <laughs> Either way, uh, we see footage from Nitro where Kevin Nash and Scott Hall square up on one another, and Nash warns Hall that they'll see each other at World War Three. Uh, I mean, they do see each other, but... Spoilers! We'll get into that here in a minute. So he didn't but... lie. <laughs> yeah. But first... We've got to get into this, man. It's Scott Steiner with Buff Bagwell in his corner versus Rick Steiner. Scott Steiner has his own NWO referee that's weird as hell and wearing a striped beanie. It was almost like um, Scotty Too Hotty had a twin brother. Can that you see that? Did the worm? <laughs> he just he looked like Scotty Too Hotty to me, and he danced yeah. around like him too. Did they ever say this guy's name, or was he? No, now I want to know referee? who it was. Yeah, <laughs> weird. But he's a weird dude. Apparently they had their own referee. But uh, after Scott does his entrance, we go to footage backstage where the NWO is beating up Rick Steiner by the entryway. The Giant also leads, uh, then grabs Rick and he leads him by his headgear all the way to the ring. Buff and Scott beat up on Rick as the referee lets it all happen. Rick then makes a comeback and knocks out the ref, but Scott low blows Rick and beats him up some more. And finally, we get a Goldberg sighting. He runs in, and he takes out all the NWO guys, spearing the crap out of Scott Steiner. I think that's why he had to change his shorts later in the night. We'll get to that. Good job. Did you notice, did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. He came out in white trunks, and when he came back out for the World War III match, he's in black trunks. I didn't even think about that until just now. Maybe Goldberg literally speared him so hard he crapped his trunks. <laughs> speared the crap out of him. Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> Oh, man. But Goldberg uh, takes out all the NWO guys, even no-selling a chair shot at one point. He ends it all by press-slamming the referee from one ring into another. I said, they're in Michigan, and they don't deliver on the Battle of the Michigan guys. Because why the hell would they? Uncle Dave gave this no rating. I gave it a dud, because it wasn't really a match. I I said one star, but I just... Should I give it zero? I mean, it never even happened. There was no conclusion. There was I a segment was... with a bell. Yeah. Right. So, and uh, rumor has it that match is still going on to this day because there was no finishing bell. Just like Curtis Axel still in the Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. Isn't Hornswoggle still in the Royal Rumble, too? I don't remember. Either way, that, um, yeah, that was a thing. And you know why this match didn't happen? I found out later. was Rick Steiner was two weeks off of having shoulder surgery. So they advertised a match they knew they couldn't deliver on. And then they did this. Card subject to change. Yes, but they advertised it knowing they couldn't deliver on it. Subject That's, to change. It's bullcrap. I don't care what way you put it. If you know for a fact somebody's injured and cannot make it or cannot wrestle, this sucked. I just, I don't know. <sighs> but didn't we get these two facing each other a handful of times anyway? I feel like it only happened once. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They teased it, at least. So, I like how they... WCW seem to do that a handful of times with, like, different feuds. It's like, they build up this this big thing, and then, like, it's just, like, they maybe face each other once, and that's the end of it. It's good enough. Well, I need one. Yeah. I didn't, well, even, this, I didn't even want this one. But... No, I this match was not going to be good anyway you sliced it, but, yeah. Up next, we get something else that was similar to this, a match that didn't happen. Two in a row, man. 
Uh, we get Scott Hall coming into the ring for a match. He's flanked by fellow <laughs> NWL members Scott Norton, Brian Adams, The Giant, Vincent, Stevie Ray, and Horace Hogan. You know, the whole 18. <laughs> the, the usual suspects. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who wouldn't come out to Rock House other than the, the Giant. <laughs> Eric Bischoff then comes to the ring, and he pulls a microphone out of his jacket, and he tells Hall, he says, it's survey time. And the survey says, get him! Second time of the night. <laughs> uh, the NWO That's Hollywood, like the quote of the night, too. I know. NWO Hollywood then beats up on Scott Hall before Ske Kevin Nash runs to the ring faster than I've ever seen him run in my entire life. Did you, did you notice that? He freaking booked it. Yeah, well, he did that in the, uh, the first, uh, or the, what was the last War Games? Yeah, the, the War Games, the last one, 98. Ah. Oh, you go back and watch that. He ran like hell that one, too. He didn't blow anything out in the process? That's my knowledge. Wow. Well, good for him, man. Like, uh, that's that's a big accomplishment. But either way, uh, yeah, he books it to the ring. And uh, the Outsiders team up and beat everyone up. And they clear the ring. Scott Hall goes for the two-sweet sign. But Nash shakes his head no. And he leaves. Uh, I feel like they should have had these two NWO beat or like they shouldn't have had these two NWO beatdowns back to back. I mean, does that seem weird? Or like, oh, considering we... where we're going to, and they probably just gotta save for time. Yeah, well, I feel like they should have like had this match we're about to talk about, and then do another beatdown. <laughs> but it's like back to back matches didn't happen. NWO beat some people down, and the I, giant... use, I wish you would stop using the word match on this card so liberally. But <laughs> well, and we got the giant. Like in two back-to-back -back segment match things. Who was on his way out, by the way? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good grief. For this next match, utilize the hell out of him all the way. I know. Use him until his legs fall off. <laughs> Speaking of utilizing him until he's out, we get Chris Jericho with Ralphus defending the WCW World Television uh, Title against Bobby Duncan Jr. This match went for 13 minutes 19 seconds. First of all, I'm reminded of the Eric Bischoff podcast on Chris Jericho, where, like we talked about earlier, they were trying to get Jericho to re-sign his contract. He kept putting it off and putting it off. They said He said he would literally, like, he knew the parts of the building that nobody ever went to, and he would purposely go and hide out there until his match, because he, he refused to sign a contract. Because he knew he was leaving, but he didn't want to let them know he was leaving. That's just, it's still crazy to me that this is November of 98, and he doesn't leave until July, I believe. Yeah, I know, right? So well, you're telling me he's going to do this for another eight months. Yeah, I guess so, man. Well, yeah, it was funny because Conrad was talking about it, and he said uh, in Jericho's book, he said when he finally was told, you have to go to Bischoff's office, he wants to talk to you, and he went to Bischoff's office, said Bischoff told him, you need to sign the contract now, here it is. And he said, well, I'm not going to sign it. And according to Jericho, Bischoff said, well, if you're not going to sign the contract, no ticky, no laundry, you're losing the, the, the TV title. And he's like, I'm he's like, you're losing it to Conan on TV. And he's like, all right. Is that really and a punishment? I I guess. I don't know. Well, the funny thing was, he said that Bischoff was like, I don't remember. He's like, I might have said that. I'm not saying I didn't. That sounds like me. But he's like, I don't remember saying that at all. And then uh, I can't remember when he lost the TV title, but it was a while after this. Not to spoil this, but, it could, you know. We oh, all man. Thought, <laughs> we all thought Bobby Duncan was going to pull it out, man. But. He's, he went on for a while still being the TV champ, and then finally he loses it to Conan <laughs> at Bischoff's, uh, like, Paisa. And he's like, I told him no taking no laundry! Damn! Good grief. <laughs> Freaking love that. Uh, but anyway, I said I couldn't bring myself 
to care about this one. At all. It wasn't bad. I just didn't give a damn. You know, it's uh, funny, though. I mean, these two men would go on to be huge, successful music stars, if you think about it. Right, yeah. I mean, Jericho with his numerous hits with Fozzie, and then you've got Rap is Crap by the West Texas Rednecks, which, you know, went aluminum. <laughs> I was waiting for the pop on the <laughs> What the hell? Went what? aluminum. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how many it sold. Because it's anyway. copper and it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was worse. But all right, anyway, uh, Ralphus grabs Duncan from the outside of the ring. Ralphus and Duncan, that's sad. Yeah, I know. He passed away. Apparently, he passed away way before anybody in the public knew about it. Yeah, it was, and well, it, I mean, I only heard about it because of Jericho's podcast, honestly. Yeah, and Jericho said, well, I just found out he passed away like six months ago or something like that. It's like, well, damn. Anyway, Ralphus grabs Duncan from the outside of the ring, and Duncan has to work for, like, five effing minutes to try to pull Ralphus's big ass up <laughs> out of the apron. Not to speak ill of the dead, but for God's sake. No, you know what? It was stupid, but, man, it all fit with what Ralphus was, so it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's like, totally fine when you, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, this was painful to watch, but he finally gets I his ass up I felt so bad apron. laughing at this, because I think they're actually both passed away. And I felt so Duncan? bad about this. I think Duncan died years ago, yeah. Wow. And I, I felt so bad laughing at this. I was like, oh my god. I, maybe I'm a a-hole, but I I mean, I, I laughed with no guilt. I, I, I'm not making fun of, like, saying it's like, ha-ha, you piece of crap. I'm like, he's fat and he can't get up on the apron. I, like, I thought it was funny. <laughs> it's funny because he's fat. I mean, that was his whole gimmick. He was a, a fat, slobby dude with no teeth. Like, that was his whole gimmick. That was why he was hey, funny. That's his gimmick, and that's what he gets paid for. I think we have the right to laugh. Right. Well, like, it was funny to laugh at, you know, the Rikishi's dimpled ass being shoved into people's faces. That was his gimmick. Right? No? Yeah, well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what this doesn't make me want to barf, but. <laughs> <laughs> like Booker T. Yeah. Anyway, Ralph gets, finally gets him on the apron. And then Jericho grabs, uh, grabs the television title. He smacks Duncan in the head with it. I'll get to why this was stupid in a minute. But he smacks him with a TV hey, title. I'm pretty sure we all know why it's stupid, but... Well, then he pins him. He gets the win. I said this was stupid because while smacking Duncan, the belt strap flings around, smacks the referee in the head, and then Jericho throws the belt into the center of the ring, plain as day, so the referee can see it while making the three count. Ugh. I'm just in this crap. Me and Uncle Dave gave it two stars. This was... The match I, was okay. I said one star, but I said, you know, I'm going to give it two because I laugh very hard. So I got to give credit for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kudos for that, I guess. This was just. But the match overall was one star. <laughs> yeah. It just. It was something. I'll say that. But up next, we have uh, Tony Schiavone explaining the rules for the World War Three match as the hype music plays, which was the uh, 90s techno club music. And Pyro goes off like crazy. I always loved the pyro for World War Three. Spared no expense, man. Yeah. I always loved that. I, I like them doing it like this better than, if you remember the 1995 one, they blow the effing pyro and then everybody starts battling. Like, pretty sure I would have hated to be the guy who drew short straw and had to stand in the corner. Because <laughs> it looked like a bomb went off in the corner. I was like, oh, man, sucks to be you, bro. Anyway, TJ this is, drawing the short straw. There's so many things I can do with that. Just, just shut up. Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. <laughs> this match. 
It was a 60, 60 man three ring World War Three match. It went on for twenty two minutes thirty three seconds. Uh, two of the biggest shock entrances for me, not shock like holy crap, it's him, but shock like wow, he's here. Okay, um, was the first one was Gentleman Chris Adams, and the second the second one was the Renegade. For those yeah. that don't, know, for those that don't know, the uh, Gentleman Chris Adams was the one who like popularized the super kick, and he was actually like. He was the inspiration for Shawn Michaels doing the Sweet Chin music because he was a big fan of Chris Adams. I believe he trained uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? I, I want to say yes. Uh, the Renegade is wearing a dog collar and he has short hair. He looks like the long-lost third member of the Pitbulls. Wow. It, I didn't think about that. I mean, am I wrong? Nope. Yeah, because when they said the Renegade, I was like, that's the Renegade? Okay. Well, I mean, the paint had to go because, you know, Warrior was technically there, right? Yep. Well, I knew he was on uh, payroll only because he played uh, Warrior's body double a couple times during the the uh, pop-up and disappearing act he did. I said, I think it's funny that Scott Steiner changed his trunks from white to black for this match. We already talked about that. I just, I find it funny that you caught that. I never even thought about it. <laughs> he pulled a macho man. Sort of, but less fancy. Uh, on his way out, Scott Hall finds the toothpick that he flicked earlier on the stage. He picks it up and puts it back behind his ear. Uh, this match makes me see that WCW is, has just has an overloaded roster that was entirely unnecessary. Kevin Nash clears the ring, or clears ring three fairly quickly, and is able to rest for quite a while. Under hard cam, I noticed that a couple of bros took off their shirts and are flexing into hard cam. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. I was like, oh my gosh. They're like, bro, muscles. Did they have blonde hair? No, but they were, I think they were wearing sunglasses, which further uh, cements them as bros. Bro. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow jumps the guardrail at one point, looking like a jobless hobo. He slides oh, into the ring. God. He does. <laughs> he slides into the ring. He's quickly beaten up and thrown up. And uh, I said thrown up in my notes. I meant thrown out. Before security grabs him. Thank God he didn't throw up. Uh, Goldberg then rushes down to the ring. And he brawls with Bigelow all around ringside area. Apparently this was to build up. Like something between Goldberg and Bigelow. This was going to be the big feud. But WCW yeah. decided. Because they brought. Apparently from all the rumors. Bigelow was supposed to enter and win this match. But they brought Bigelow back as a surprise. A couple weeks before this. Or a week before this or something. And they said like nobody really cared and it didn't do very good ratings so they were like yeah let's switch let's, uh change course here but uh, they they uh, clearly were still kind of building that because they mentioned it twelve thousand times that bigelow debuted on nitro yeah i mean, did it really go anywhere other than maybe a match on nitro they had that match i believe that sold out ah well that's the and he does he it. does get involved <laughs> he does get involved in the um, the match at Starcade, I believe, doesn't he? I don't remember, yeah, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I try to put that Starcade match out of my mind, but we'll get to why here in a few. It comes down to Scott Hall, Lex Luger, and Kevin Nash. Luger tries to torture rack Hall, but Nash dumps both of them outside for the win. Uncle Dave gave this one and a half stars. I thought it was a really good uh, World War Three match, so I gave it two stars. What say you? Two, yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's I had a lot of fun watching it, and I remember going into it. I remember thinking that Warrior was going to be in it, like I already said. 
But then yeah. I forgot. I think I remember thinking Bigelow was going to win it because he just debuted and was becoming a thing. Yeah. Never called yeah. Nash. I do remember, though, like, you know, popping hard when Nash won because I was a huge uh, Wolfpack fan. Man, you, you got to think they, like we were talking about, Nash, for, you know, just became Booker. And his first pay per view here, he is like so freaking dominant all night. He comes out and clears the ring with Hall. And then in this match, he easily, before anybody else, clears his ring, and he's standing there resting up, and then he wins the match. Like, damn, dude, you gonna piss on them, or piss in their mouth where they're on the ground? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy crap. And I'm a big Nash mark, but God, like this... <laughs> and it went on to him facing Goldberg at Starcade, and he ended the streak and won the world title. And basically ended WCW. Yep. And Nash's defense, he was like, oh, yeah, well, that did a whole lot of good for me after I went on and took the finger poke of doom the next month from from Hogan and laid down for him. It's like, OK, but that just shows you're an idiot. <laughs> like, because you built this whole thing up like, oh, I'm I'm the man. I'm dominant. I beat everybody's ass. By the way, I'm going to basically hand the title over to Goldberg in the Georgia Dome or I mean uh, to, to Hogan in the Georgia Dome. Like, what the F? That just makes you look stupid. That's how it makes him look stupid. Yeah. And I realized he had to have Scott Hall and a cattle prod to beat Goldberg at Starcade, But still, like, for God's sake, that whole thing just pissed me off. To this day, I'm hot about it. Can you tell I'm hot? A little bit. About three quarters hot right now. <laughs> You're running hot there. Yeah, I'm getting five eights hot. Not quite there yet. Pop anyway. a top and cool down. Roll tide. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, I think it's time for the uh, the final break or second final break of the night so that we can uh, cover the main event. So uh, when we come back, it's the main event for the U.S. heavyweight title. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. All right, the main event, we're back. It is Diamond Dallas Page defending the WCW United States Diamond Dallas title. White Trash. What? That's what Scott used to call him. No, it's Di Diamond Dallas Trash. No, he called him Diamond Dallas White Trash. That's why oh, it's really? funny. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Zach Ryder, uh, excuse me, Matt Cardona cleans it up a little bit. He just calls yeah, he him does. Diamond Dallas Trash. <laughs> I, you know what? You saying that doesn't shock me in the least bit with Scott Steiner. Yeah. 
just the promos he used to cut in WCW were the most offensive. Uh, and they didn't get much better in TNA. They just, I mean, they got more stupid. But uh, my favorite memory of Scott Steiner, just like off the cuff, was in WWE, where he he debuts and right into a hot mic, he yells, "Give me the effing mic!" <laughs> Richard said oh man! The, Richard said when he got to the back, they were like, "We don't say that stuff here. <laughs> like, clean it up." All right, but this one went. Oh well, off. Vince Russo told me it was okay. In in the last place. Anyway, the uh, this match went only like four minutes shy of what the War, World War Three match went, which is shocking. But it was 18 and a half minutes. Well, that's 60 versus two. Come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, DDP gets frustrated and he brings a chair into the ring. The ref tries to take it, but Brett shoves DDP into the ref. The referee is down. The NWO ref that looks like Scotty Two Hotties clone now runs in. And DDP shoves him. Brett then punches DDP and knocks him out with what looks like brass knuckles. They never do, like, say what they are. It's just something wrapped in black tape that he punches him with. That's shoved into his junk. <laughs> well, you always gotta shove it in your junk. Anyway, he punches him with that before locking in the sharpshooter. The NWO ref says, oh, he's out! And he calls for the bell. Mickey J then runs in, and he says, it doesn't count. He's, you're not a real ref. DDP then turns Brett around, hits the diamond cutter on Brett and he pins him as Charles Robinson finally comes to. He counts a three count. DDP leaves through the crowd. The people's champ, the winner, and still the U.S. champ. Uncle Dave gave this an even three stars. I gave it three and a half stars because I thought it was damn good up until the wacky ass ending. What say you? I thought it was three. Still not the best match of the night? I feel no, like these two but... should have been the best match of the night. Yeah, I feel like they, I mean, it was involved the NWL, so you had to throw in wacky antics. And for some reason, Bret Hart's WCW run was all about, like, wackiness. Nothing was ever straightforward with anything he freaking did. So this was just par for the course for him. But I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I At first, it took me a minute to really get into it, I think. But all in all, I, I, uh, I enjoyed it on the whole. But we end the show with a commercial for Starcade that focuses completely around how dominant and awesome Goldberg is. Tune into Starcade. What a foreshadowing. Well, terribly it's going to end. Yeah. Tune into Starcade to see Goldberg beat somebody's ass. Like that, I feel like that was all 1998. Like that's all it was. It was just hey well, from in- ju- from July, yeah. Well, even before that when he was uh the US champ and everything and just like was like, hey, tune into Nitro. Goldberg's gonna beat somebody's ass. I'm like, all right, all right, but that was that was it. So, uh, well, that's the end. The end of the show. Uh, before we get into the final ratings, here we're gonna take our last break, which means. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. 
up. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. <laughs> Final ratings of the show. IMDb gave this 6.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net was effing brutal, man. They gave it a 3.85 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10 because I'm not rating on a over, like, I'm rating it on a curve because it's a World War III and they had a three-ring battle royal. So, I don't know. And I was entertained more than anything else. I was entertained by this, bro. Bro, as a pure TV viewer, man, I'm entertained by this, bro. (laughs) So, what do you give it overall? I I was on the verge of, I'm going to say C+. I thought it was a fun watch some horrible moments. I don't know. There's some about it. It's like, I, I want to see it. Call me crazy, but I, I like watching it. Yeah, it was. I mean, overall, I thought, you know, it, uh, it was uh, not, not bad. You know, it was a pretty decent show. I haven't watched all the world threes, but uh, I think this was good. You can't believe anything Tony Schiavone says, because he's gonna, you know, about it. But he said, well, I think this was the best World War Three match we've ever seen. I still think that was the first one with Savage, but yeah, I mean, that one was pretty good, but that one had the hook of, like, uh, each ring has a giant in it. You remember that? I do, yeah. But the <laughs> um, they kind of bent that a little bit because they considered Hogan a giant. I, I mean, I guess he's a big dude. But in one ring, they had the giant. In another ring, they had the Yeti, who was the Yeti. <laughs> So they had, in each ring, they had Hulk Hogan and the two guys who dry humped him. Just two yeah. months, or just one month prior. Dude, that's epic. Oh, yeah, man. But all right, so. Dude, dude, come on, dude. What what pay-per-view doesn't want to see, you know, butt sex? Come on, dude. That's just. <laughs> what the hell? Dry humping, damn it. Damn it. All right, well, that does it for World War III. Any, uh, any final notes on this one? Yeah, um. Watch it. Don't watch it. I just, I don't know. This is one of those ones that I'm like, you should go watch it for fun value. Do not watch this as like, I want to watch a wrestling show because you're going to be severely let down. But it's fun. I I thought it was fun to watch. I don't care if it was bad. Uh, The, I feel like the three K or the, uh, the the three matches you got to watch, you know, if if I were to recommend anything would be the Cruiserweight title match. The uh, the the United States title match main event and uh, the World War Three match. Other than that, meh. I mean, if I'm recommending a match, I mean, you know what I'm recommending, but oh well, is it uh, is it Conan and Stevie Ray? Man. No, Conan and uh, Stevie Ray. That was well, I that mean, was money, dude. Those were the two prime players of the Wolfpack and the Black and White, dude. Well, I, well, I mean, I don't know. I think that plays a close second to Sonny Ono and the Cat versus Kaz Hayashi <laughs> and Satter. <laughs> That one. I, de- I debated. Mm, opinion. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for that. We are moving on, trucking along and through Turkey Month here in November. One uh, more time. Think- one more time. 
Uh, well, it's 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 coming. It, when you least expect it, uh, I I will hit you with the turkey. But uh, we were trucking along here it sounded, on just it sounded dirty. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But anyway, we we're trucking along here. Uh, turkey month. We've got another show on uh, November eleventh. We are going to get into our first Survivor Series of the month. We have three, if you include the bonus show. We are Freaking going bonus! Be, uh, we are talking uh, Survivor Series 1996. This was... Actually, this is a good companion piece to what we covered last month with Barry Alive. You saw the winner of uh, the Sid Vader match with Sid. We need he to pull an a audible now for for December and do It's Time. Uh, I would rather not. <laughs> right, me too. <laughs> yeah, we, we're we're covering another in your house, but it was from I think I want to say ninety seven. Yeah, so it was WWF Survivor Series nineteen ninety six. I believe it was it was a uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, and mm-hmm. Shawn, and Shawn Michaels versus Sid. They were in the Garden. This was, if I remember correctly, this was a damn good show. Uh one of my all time favorite Survivor Series, personally, you know. And we all yeah. know I have the opinion, so well, yeah, we all we all go to Greg to <laughs> to know whether or not it was worth watching. Uh, but anyway, this is yeah, one of the so. better Survivor Series ever, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. I I've seen it, but it's been a long time, so I gotta go back. Gotta go back and I'll rewatch watch, it. Watch it for the first time in a long time. Yeah, if you gotta watch one match on the show, uh, anyway. But yeah, so we're covering that one, and uh, we are going to be hitting one more Survivor Series ten years later. In a couple weeks, uh, going to be hitting Survivor Series 2006. We'll see how things have changed drastically from 96 to 06. And we've got the very first Survivor Series coming up. Jacob Grandi is going to be making a return to the show. That's going to be our bonus show for November. It's uh, Survivor Series 1987. The very first one. Every single match on the show is a five-on-five Survivor Series, or, well, not five-on-five Survivor Series, because there's a tag team one. I think one. there's a 12-on-12 at some point. Well, there's a, no, it's a 10-on-10. There's <laughs> five teams on each effing side, so it's just a mass of humanity. Yeah, but, so there's that. Uh, definitely go back. Last week uh, was our last show of October. It was Raw from uh, October 28th, ni- or 2002. It ended with Triple H versus Kane in a casket match. The, we we had fun with it. You know, it was uh, what it was. It was and every yes, and every single Monday here on the podcast, you may have been noticing on your feed if you were subscribed, we have the main event figure federation. This uh, past Monday was our first official quote unquote TV. I'm running the Jack brand. Greg's running the Overdrive brand. I would say just please give it a chance. And if you're not into it after week one, just stick with it for a little while because we're working the kinks out. We're working things out on how to move things a little more seamlessly. And I was sick week one. I apologize if it sounds like I'm not into it. I am into it. I was just, wow, brutally sick. But we had to record it. Right. Greg was sick. I was was still trying to figure stuff out with uh, just how how to format things and... Yeah, all that, and with with my uh, playlist and all that. So, but it, it's going to be better moving forward. I absolutely promise you. So stick with it, and uh, just give it a shot, give it a chance. I think you'll like where everything is going. But yeah, uh, I think that about does it. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will see you all next week here on the podcast where we cover Survivor Series 1996. Back to attack.
At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. Step up to the plate and get the best lines in baseball with William Hill Sportsbook. When you play with our money lines, you win more when you're right. So sign up today and start betting risk-free. Download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RADIORF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid and free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Let's make it interesting. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 